0: When we moved to America 12 years ago, we had a massive change to adapt to overnight. A new culture, a new language, a new home, a new reality. Our etiquette, vocabulary, and communications styles are pretty different. And by pretty, I mean that in the British sense of the word, which really means rather very different. I love our new reality, I love the expressiveness of this culture, I enjoy the abundant enthusiasm for life, the endless optimism, and the freedom to be yourself. I rejoice in the call that God has on our lives to live and to serve here. If we haven't met before, my name's Rachel, I'm the pastor of Alpha and Life Groups here at the church. And on this New Year's Eve, we're going to look at another new reality, our new reality in Christ. This Advent, we've been studying how Christ fulfills the longings of our heart. And today, we'll see how he does that in both the now and the not yet, through his coming at Christmas in the first Advent and in his second Advent when he comes again. I want you to picture in your mind a memory or a place where you feel totally at peace or content. For me, this is what I experience when I'm by the ocean or in the garden, when both my kids wrap me in a big hug or my husband gives me a compliment when I'm in worship. It's how I feel in those moments. It's like the whole world and its problems fade away and all I experience is joy. In Christ, we have a future new reality where our pain is forgotten and our longings are fulfilled. Isaiah speaks in today's passage of a future day when wrong things are made right, where all that is hard about this present life is over and in its place is joy and satisfaction. In its original context, these words offered hope of a better future for God's people where their pain would be forgotten and their longings would be fulfilled. And this promise applies equally to God's people today. We too can cling to the promise that God will create a new heavens and a new earth and we will get to be part of it. So as you listen today, I hope that God renews your hope and anticipation of this wonderful future that is ours in Christ. Invite you to turn with me to our passage today. It's in Isaiah 65, starting at verse 17. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy and her people to be a gladness. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. No more shall be heard in it the sound of weeping and the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant who lives but a few days or an old man who does not fill out his days. For the young man shall die a hundred years old, and the sinner a hundred years old shall be accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them, they shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit, they shall not build and another inhabit, they shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be, and my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity, for they shall be the offspring and the blessed of the Lord and their descendants with them. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall graze together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox, and the dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, says the Lord." This is the word of the Lord. In our passage, Isaiah describes several ways in which the new heavens and the new earth will be a place where our pain is forgotten and our longings are fulfilled. If you look down at your passage, you'll see every time he uses the phrase, no more or they shall, he's talking about this. For example, no more shall be heard in it in the sound of weeping, but instead, God will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in his people. In the new heavens and new earth, there will no longer be sadness, but joy. I wonder, have you ever hoped for something for a really long time? And you think that you've finally got it, but then your hopes are dashed. Maybe you thought you were finally healed, or that you were finally pregnant, or that you finally got that promotion that you'd worked really hard for, Have you ever built a house that you never got to live in, or lost a relationship that you invested heavily into? In the new heavens and the new earth, there will no longer be disappointment, but fulfillment. As life will not be cut short, and labor will not be in vain, No more shall there be in it an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not fill out his days. They shall not build and another inhabit. Instead, like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be, and the chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. In the new heavens and the new earth, there will no longer be conflict, but peace. I wonder, did anyone else experience any heightened emotions or family dynamics this Christmas break? (laughs) It won't be like that in the new heavens and the new earth. In the new heavens and the new earth, the people of God shall not bear children for calamity, but instead they shall be the offspring of the blessed of the Lord. This peace extends even to creation itself. The wolf and the lamb shall graze together. There will no longer be destruction and division, but restoration of relationship with one another, with creation, and with the Lord himself. As our text says, before they even call, I will answer, and they shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. In Christ, we have a new reality where our pain is forgotten and our longings are fulfilled. There's no longer sadness, but joy, no longer disappointment, but fulfillment, no longer conflict, but peace, no longer division, but restoration, even in the midst of our present pain and perhaps more acutely because of it. We can look forward with hope and anticipation to Christ's second advent, to the new heavens and the new earth where the former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. But instead we can be glad and rejoice forever in that which he creates. We can get excited about our future hope in the new heavens and the new earth, but we actually don't have to wait to experience the beginnings of that new reality. In Christ, we have a new reality that starts today. Let's do a quick poll. I wonder how many people have already put away Christmas. You can admit it. (laughs) And how many people don't put it away till the end of January or maybe even longer than that? Nice. And how many people, like myself, are sickened that the stores have already brought out Valentine's Day. (laughs) I think that's terrible. As the Christmas season comes to a close and the New Year arrives, I imagine that many of us are starting to think about maybe some spring cleaning. If you've ever felt overwhelmed by the mess of your home, then a cleaner or even a kind family member who helps to set you straight then you know the lightness that comes when somebody offers to help you and gives you that gift of a fresh start. Many of us are dreaming of that right now. (laughs) 2 Corinthians tells us that in Christ, we are a new creation. We get a fresh start. And it's a whole lot bigger than a house cleaning. When we belong to Jesus, not only do we have a future where one day our pain will be forgotten and our longings will be fulfilled, but immediately when we accept Christ, our past is forgiven and we have a fresh start. That fresh start begins now. Our Isaiah passage and this passage in in 2 Corinthians helps us to understand two very important aspects about our new reality, both now and not yet. Firstly, this new reality is his work, and secondly, this new reality involves a change in our identity. I wonder how many hours, if I counted it up, I put into satisfying the longings of my heart in December. Hours spent finding the perfect gift, perfect outfit, controlling every detail so my home and my food and my schedule would all look exactly how I wanted it to. I wonder, have you ever thought about the irony that as kids, my kids are definitely in this category, as kids we desperately longed to have independence, to be in control of our lives, to be in charge of decisions like these. But as adults, the weight of responsibility often creates huge anxiety and we end up wondering how do we get that peace back again? There's a comfort and a security for kids that comes from knowing someone else is in charge, from trusting someone else to bear that weight. And we too can find that peace as we realize that our new reality is the Father's work. He's the one that does that transformation. In both the Isaiah passage and in 2 Corinthians, our new reality is his work. It's such a relief to discover that our hope is not in our ability, but in his. Looking at our Isaiah text, we can see this, that the new heavens and the new earth are his work when the text says, I create new heavens and a new earth. I create Jerusalem to be a joy and her people to be a gladness. God creates. It's not due to the hard work and effort of the people of God. In 2 Corinthians, the work of us becoming a new creation is also his work. In Christ, it says, we are a new creation. We aren't made new in our hard work and efforts either. We aren't transformed into our likeness by our grit and determination to make good on our New Year's resolution. And that is good news indeed. So firstly, this work is his And secondly, it involves a change in our identity. In the Isaiah passage, Jerusalem is a joy and her people a gladness. The very nature of Jerusalem is changed. The previous chapters in Isaiah describe Jerusalem as a place of trouble. But now, Jerusalem is no longer troubled, but rejoiced in. I want you to notice that the passage doesn't say Jerusalem will merely feel joy, but that she is joy. Her nature, her identity has changed. This isn't a fleeting feeling that will change, but a new permanent state of reality. It's like I tell my kids, there's nothing that they can do that will ever stop me from being their mom. I'm not mom because I feel like mom today or I don't feel like mom today. It became our new permanent state of reality the moment I was pregnant with each of them. I became mom and they became son and daughter. As I like to remind them, and I do it frequently in this voice, you can ask them afterwards, (laughs) they are stuck with me. Their entry into this world changed our identities forever. Similarly, in 2 Corinthians, we are made a new creation. Our identity, too, is changed. This new reality starts with a change in who we are. We are no longer defined by our past. We have a fresh start. As the passage says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. This passage doesn't say that we will feel new, but that we are new. This is a reality whether we feel like it or not. We have a new reality that starts now in our changed identity in Christ and a new reality that is coming in the new heavens and the new earth so how should we respond? Isaiah 56, 18 says, The former things shall not be remembered or come to mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. Isaiah teaches us that we are not to focus on the past, but instead to rejoice forever in God's work. As we enter the new year, our passage challenges us not to focus on the temporal things of this world that will pass away, but to place our hope in the future reality of the new heavens and the new earth. Remember, this earth is not your home. These present sufferings shall pass. Don't focus on the past, rejoice in the Lord. We have joy in our future. We have joy in our present too. On an individual level, this means that we remember not the former things in our lives. We've repented, we've turned away from those things and so we are no longer defined by them. Our past is forgiven and we have a fresh start. So focus instead on how he is renewing you and rejoice in that. Who he says you are, how he sees you, Remember your new identity. Focusing on the new thing that he's doing in your life as a result of your faith in him will bring you joy. Again, don't focus on the past. Rejoice in the Lord. This past year, I've been on a journey of owning my identity more fully in Christ, exploring the past and the ways that Satan has tried to twist and define me by those former things. And I've been replacing those lies one at a time with God's truth. Christ's new identity for me. An identity that doesn't change with my feelings and isn't changed by the present sufferings of this world. It's a new permanent state of reality. I am a new creation. You are a new creation. I've been doing this with some very specific language inspired by this Isaiah passage. It's been a really practical way for me to not focus on the past but to rejoice in the Lord. The Isaiah passage describes how in the new heaven and the new earth there is no longer sadness but joy, no longer disappointment but fulfillment, no longer division but peace, no longer division but restoration. The passage says that Jerusalem's new identity is no longer troubled, but rejoiced in. Personalizing this for me, I've been using the phrase, in Christ, I am no longer X, but Y. Here's some examples from my story In Christ, I am no longer forsaken, but found. In Christ, I'm no longer rejected, but chosen. In Christ, I'm no longer unwanted, but delighted in. Meditating on scripture and declaring these scriptural truths over my story, I've been countering this story from my childhood. From the moment that my dad left our family, I believed that I was and was perpetually doomed to be forgotten, rejected, and unwanted. And the Lord's been doing a work in me to replace those former things with Christ's new reality for me. In Christ I am, and always will be, found, chosen, and delighted in. In Christ you will always be, found, chosen, and delighted in. I wonder, what about for you? If you were to use Isaiah's phrase, use that language, what would you say? How would you say this for you? In Christ I am no longer X, but Y. In Christ I'm no longer forgotten but found, no longer rejected but chosen, no longer unwanted but delighted in. As we close today, I want to challenge you to focus on your new reality in Christ. Maybe you want to take some time to reflect on your own story and ask the Holy Spirit what truth he wants to speak to you about your new reality. Perhaps you can use those words as a practical way to not focus on the past, but to rejoice in the Lord. Each time the present sufferings of this world or the former things of your past rear their head, I want to challenge you to remember that you are a new creation and your hope is not in this world, it's in the new heavens and the new earth to come. Today is an important tradition for us as a church. Every year we kick off the new year by reminding ourselves of our baptism with thanksgiving. We remind ourselves that our new reality is due to his salvation work. Remind ourselves of our new identity as part of God's family and we recommit ourselves along with the support of our church family, and that's why we're so glad you came to worship together today, to be obedient to him for the rest of our lives. Baptism is a sign and a seal of this new reality. As believers, we are a new creation. We get to look forward to the new heavens and the new earth. In Christ, it's ours. So today, as you remember your baptism, Remember not the former things, but focus with joy and with thanksgiving on God's new creation work in your life and in the life to come. Would you pray with me? Father, you say in your word and revelation that you are making all things new, and I thank you that you are doing that work in and through us, that we have that to look forward to in the new heavens and the new earth. We look forward to that day where we get to see that in all its fullness and experience your presence where there's fullness of joy. Father, I ask that you help us to see in this present moment how you are already making us new by the work of your Holy Spirit in our lives. Would you help us to cooperate with you in that work? Would we look to you for our help? Father, we choose to rejoice in you for that work of renewal. We choose to rejoice as we remember not the former things, but rejoice in your new creation work. In Jesus' name we pray.